Hello and welcome to Southside Fringecast. My name is Hannah Fredsgaard and I'm delighted to present this podcast brought to you by the people behind the Southside Fringe Festival. In this episode, Kenny Lavelle had the pleasure of speaking to Lloyd Meredith, founder of Olive Grove Records, which is a brilliant Southside-based Scottish DIY music label, which has been home to many of Scotland's best and brightest musical talents over the years. I hope you enjoy listening. Welcome to the Southside Frenchcast, Lloyd. Um, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you very much. How's your good self? I'm good, I'm good. So this year is Olive Grove Records' 10-year anniversary. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I thought it would be a good time to catch up, find oh, out definitely. a bit more about the label, about what you're doing, your plans. Um, so can you tell us a bit more about um, Olive Grove? It's a DIY record label based yeah, sure. in Glasgow Southside, but that much going on. Can you tell us more? Uh, sure. Um, so you've, you've touched on the fact we've been going for t- almost 10 and a bit years now. Um, so our first release was way back in November 2010, but the whole kind of the label started initially between myself and another fellow Southsider, Helena Rufai, who um, does many, many different things, including Glasgow Podcart. Um, we both wrote and ran music sites. So I used to run a music blog called Pinko and she did Glasgow Podcart and kind of that's Basically, how all of them started, kind of, it was an extension of what we were doing as bloggers and just championing local Scottish music. And we got to the point whereby it was a case of thinking, well, if there's all these great bands out there, why aren't people put, people putting this music out? And we thought, stuff it, we'll do it ourselves. And that's kind of how it initially started. Um, uh, the first release was way back with uh, Randall Sleep. Uh, we'd put out the first EP, Battleships and Kettle Chips. Um, and then since then, it's just kind of spiralled on. It's never, I never ever imagined getting to this point. It was always just supposed to be a bit of fun. Um, and 10 years on, here I am still doing it. But if I were told 16-year-old me that like you could be we running a record label in your 40s, I'd be absolutely over the moon. So, um, yeah, it's something I'm really passionate about. It's something I do. It's not something I do for a living. It's something I do in a spare time. So many artists we've worked with over the years, and there's so many people who've come in and out of my life in that period. Um, and yeah, it's just been a really kind of it's been a great learning curve for me in terms of learning how to release music, what the kind of working with people, the people management side of skills, the, the managing release. Um, I've been really involved in kind of getting to know other music labels, getting to know other people who do musical stuff like yourself doing like Snack Mag and whatnot. Um, just like I've got a wide diverse culture of people that I'm involved with now and it's been a, I've made a lot of good friends in it and uh, I've really enjoyed the last 10 years so good. I'm not sure if that covers all the questions you're probably going to ask me so I'm just waffling yeah we'll just finish <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much um, yeah so Scotland's music scene is incredibly strong and diverse um, how do you decide like who do you want to work with Um. I I don't think there's there's no rhyme or reason to it. I just get a feeling. I know that sounds stupid. Like people always can ask me, like, if you're approaching me, what should they be sending me? Or like what's what kind of music I'm into? I, I don't really have that. I just kind of I get a buzz for something and I I, I get excited. But once I get that excitement for it, that's me. Like I'm like a fish on a hook kind of thing. Like you've got me and um 
that's kind of how I go about it. Like I can think way back in the day when Pete from the state broadcasters got in touch to say, look, we've got a new record, would you be interested? And it was kind of generic kind of like stuff. And then he just started talking about how he loved the new Randall's Leap record and he wasn't ashamed to dance around his bedroom to it. And it was just a little hook like that. And like I'm talking like nine years on or whatever. And it still sticks me to this day. And I was, I was hooked. Like, we um, started working recently with a, an artist, uh, uh, Ravelo or Ravelo, depending on <laughs> uh, how you want to pronounce it. Um, I saw her at the um, Govan Hill Community Music Festival thing that was back in August last year. And I just thought she was amazing. And uh, so the, uh, sometimes, I'm, sometimes I'll see a band or an artist at a live show. Sometimes I'll, I've done my research on them in advance. Sometimes they'll contact me. Sometimes I'll contact them. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just a feeling that I get. Uh, if I get excited about somebody, then I really want to work with them. And it kind of goes, it just spirals on from there. Yeah. So it's just that, it's that instant connection. If you think you've got the passion for it and you can see the passion from yeah. them. Um. I've come to the <laughs> it's funny you say that I think it's come more to fruition at the moment in the past few years that I have to see that reciprocal excitement from them because I find if you're the only one putting in the effort as much it can be quite that can sometimes be a bit hindering in the sense like I can get overexcited by things and people aren't quite as excited about getting on involved with things as I might be, um, so that's why I'm really, I really work like working with folk like Broken Chanter and College East and, and like Ravelo at the moment. Like I'm really excited about their music, but they're really excited about their own music and they've got that same drive about them. And I think that combination of the two works really well because it works in tandem. If I don't do this to make any money, in fact, I don't think I make any money from it. Um, it's more of a loss leading business, but it's not really a business. It's more a, a an all encompassing hobby. <laughs> um, and but they put a lot of effort in and because of the, that inspires me to put more effort in and it kind of it spirals from there Brilliant and that's that's what it needs uh, from an outside point of view like that's to me that's what it needs it just needs that kind of everybody kind of seeing the worth of things and it not being necessarily about the money it yeah. being about like okay is this good is this worthwhile is is somebody doing something interesting or different or yeah exactly if nobody takes a chance on that person everyone's dull and if it was all about making money that'd be running a business I'm not in this to run a business I'm in this to release some amazing music and to inspire other people or I I just want to I want to help (laughs) if I can do it make a little bit of a difference to somebody's life in that kind of way that's what I want to do yeah, and when I was preparing for this, I got to thinking, where did the name Olive Grove come from? Because as far as I'm aware, there's no Olive Groves in, Gar- in Glasgow. <laughs> there is not. Um, I think when we first started the label, myself and Helena, um, I think we made a pact never to tell MD, and I think somebody worked it out within about five minutes. Ah. <laughs> but it's, it's not as... Back in the day, we were both massive Snow Patrol fans. We're not talking Final Straw. We're talking back in when they were doing um, when it's all when it's all when it's all over. You still have to clear up like the second album, and there's a I think it's track ten in that album is called "An Olive Grove Facing the Sea," and I've always really liked that kind of the the, the olive the olive branch, the olive grove, kind of reaching out to kind of pass on something, uh, and that's just where it comes from. I stole it from that because we were both Snow Patrol fans, both big Ranger section fans, and the, it was kind of fitting. I think. 
So I probably lose, I, I probably lose lots of kudos for being a massive Snow Patrol fan, but I, stuff I, I like Snow Patrol way way back when I was seeing them in King Tut's playing to like twenty people, so I don't really care. <laughs> You're happy enough. Good. I am Good. happy with that. I'm comfortable yeah. with my own skin for that. Excellent. Good stuff. <laughs> um, and running an independent DIY record label. Um, so have things changed a lot for you in the last ten years? Would you say? Like, I imagine you've seen a lot. I have seen a lot. It's kind of only when you do, when you sit down, like speak to people yourself, that you kind of think about these things. And otherwise, you're just kind of, it's constantly moving. So you're kind of just constantly trying to keep up. Um, <laughs> I, it might not seem this way, but I think I do have a much better understanding of what I'm doing now. Um, I have more of a more structured approach, I guess. And I know more about the whole um, how to promote a record, the kind of the long term planning that goes into it. I think one of the things we kind of developed a lot more is initially when we started up, we were just doing CDs, and now we're we are officially rolling records, kind of because we're actually putting a lot of vinyl out there in the world. I can vouch for that by the number of boxes of records I've got in my loft now. That <laughs> it's easier to hide uh, CDs from your wife than it is to hide uh, unsold records from your wife. So <laughs> I think that's a big change. Um, I mean, I, I want to think massive things is that I've obviously got a much bigger roster now than I initially had because I think it was we were talking five six artists now now I would I would struggle to sit and list every single artist that I've worked with over the years just because there's so many not because I devalue them it's just that you get to a point where there's a lot of people you're working with um I, I think one other thing I've got now is uh, there's a much more friendship based uh, look not friendship I think there's more of a I've got a support network around me now, in a sense. So I've got a lot of my artists who I will, I will go to for advice. Like if I want to bounce off, like I've got sent this or I like this new artist or I've written this press release, can you help me? Or I've got people who can help me with my art and design. Like I've got a guy, Chris Ferguson, who does a lot of my artwork for me now. He does, he's, he's in Mitchell Museum. Um, and I've known him for years for like putting on shows with them but he's done like the artwork of the Archipelago EPs he did stuff from our 10 year anniversary he's done Wooden Box Randall Sleep Joe Mango like numerous different uh, album covers um, I've worked with, I've got a guy called John who works at Small Fish Recordings who does a lot of my mixing mastering and he's tremendous like I think without him I wouldn't be able to keep going because he basically he'll do a lot of favors for me and help me out and keep going i think he's what he does is wonderful um but i have a network of artists who i can bounce things off like i can go to carla or carly easton that's her or i can go to david from broken chanter or i can go to car from sons or i can go to randall sleep but i mean there's always somebody there who's willing to pick up things and help me out now which is a big difference to what it was like back in the day because obviously I did have Helena, but Helena went by the by, and it was me for just doing Lois and Moan for a number of years. And that can be quite tough just working in isolation in terms of keeping yourself going because essentially it's like it's like being a boss and having not having any other bosses to talk to because nobody else can fully relate to what you're doing, kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot that's changed, but um, I think I'm in a much better place than I ever have been um, in the past 10 years for doing this. So that community spirit, I guess, is what you you're kind of talking about. Yeah, 100%. that's important to have as not just for you personally, but just for the feel of the label and what you're doing. A hundred percent. I wanted to be more of a collective, and kind of when I started, I was looking at kind of like what like um, Matthew's song by Toad was doing. Um, I was looking at what um, Fence Records were doing. Kind of they had various artists 
Liverpool were going in and out of each other's bands. And I can see that's kind of happened a bit with um, all of Grove artists over the years. Like I've mentioned Pete from State Broadcasters talking about Randall Sleep. Well, it transpired like two years later, he was recording their album. And then another year later, he was in the band. Um, I've got like girls from Skinny Dipper playing Wooden Box. I've got... I can remember Randall Sleeper playing Broken Record, uh, Broken Chanter. Um, I've got um, others oh, like people playing the Carlisle Easton's album. And it's just that cross collaboration, and it's working really, really well. So it's it's really nice. It's a nice thing to have. And uh, I think more recently, kind of David from Broken Chanter has been helping me with the actual day to day of the label, which has been massive to me as well. So Glasgow is the focus for much of Scotland's independent music scene. Um, what do you think about the South Side's contribution to that? I think we're seeing a much a bigger... I, th I think South Side's always been important, but we've now actually got like a, a network, a structure there. We've got the Glad Cafe, we've got some great rewards, we've got a record shop that we can go to kind of thing. And that's... I mean, I've lived in South Side all my life and we've never had... The fact that we've now got a record... Uh, I think we've got a record shop and a, and a, a brilliant venue. It's just like... I can, I can, I've got like a record shop I can walk home from. Like I can go, go to the Glad Cafe and come home half cut. That's just perfect for me. Uh, and I think they are supporting local bands as well as kind of kind of picking up the South Side, so to speak. And I think uh, you can always see that a lot of musicians, a lot of musicians that I know or work with now, all seem to stay in the South Side as well. So there seem definitely seems to be a pool like uh, that there wasn't necessarily before. Um, yeah, having the Glad Cafe there, and like you say, some great rewards as well. It's just, it gives it that focus, which is yeah, brilliant. And which, again, like, like exactly, just copied what you said, but it's, it just wasn't there before. And to, to have two physical places where you say, right, okay, these are important places, these people love what they're doing, these people have, um, you know, a, a knowledge and an understanding and ability to pull things together. And yep. that's that's a wonderful thing to have but it, it, it feels it goes, comes back to what you were saying I was, was saying a bit before they're all part of a structure that kind of we need record labels we need uh, magazines and podcasters shouting about but you need the venues to have them you need the record shops to be selling it it's all part of that and it's all coming together really nicely now so excellent so your most recent signing um, is Ravelo or Ravelo how, 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 how do you <laughs> well, say it I've given up with that one. <laughs> when I met when I met Kim, uh, she said I thought it was Ravelo, and then she told me it was um, Ravelo. And then I sent all the press releases out saying it's Ravelo, and then she went, "Actually, I quite like Ravelo better." So I don't know what she wants to be anymore. So you can see which either Ravelo or Ravelo. <laughs> no, first. It's fine either way. Good. <laughs> um, so you saw her perform at the Govan House Street Music Festival. That's right. Was that, was that last year? In uh, yeah, it was. It was on the thirtieth of August, twenty twenty. I only know that because it was my daughter's birthday, and I sneaked out for the afternoon because I kind of seen some stuff that Kim had done online, and I wanted to go along and see if she was actually good in real life, and she was really. Uh, but it was a weird gig because it was it was a festival, so it was in this small park, and I'd taken my my son who was five at the time along. So basically, what I was trying to do was shove him into a play park, kind of look over my shoulder every two seconds while I watched this coach Kim play. <laughs> And then at the she did, she did like two sets, and at the end I had to like I was like she's brilliant I'm gonna to have to go and speak to her, but I've got I've also got like a five year old child and, and two so I was like oh is that whole dilute credibility from going up 
Um, but it, was, it works perfectly because basically I went up and um, my wee boys just came, my daddy runs a record label, blah, 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 blah. Was, oh. But it worked really well. Um, and I knew that from talking to her then that she'd been working on some coming at home recorded um, songs for an EP. And I basically said, look, once you're done, send them to me. I'd love to hear them. Kind of, and kind of, that's how it all started. Okay. And um, what are the plans then for the, the label in the next year? Um, got a few different things. So... So we've got an exciting project just coming about to get launched with um, Carla Jason has done a project with Simon uh, Liddell from Print Rabbit, which is called Poster Paints, which um, we're just about to kind of release an unannounced single. So that's, I think you're the only person that knows this. So <laughs> if it's going to end me, that's quite good. Uh, we've got another single with uh, Ravlo or Ravlo coming up uh, at the end of May, which should hopefully coincide around with this podcast coming out and um, which she recorded with a producer called gal up in cast milk and it's an absolute belter of a single um this is first time like proper proper studio recording and it just sounds amazing uh following that i'm going to be doing co-releasing an album with um the bothy sessions uh bothy society sorry uh, bothy is something else <laughs> with a guy called Pedro, who goes under the name Man of the Minch, which is it's just a brilliant album. It's kind of it's got like um, Rachel Sermani, uh, Broken Chanters on it. It just sounds it's it's kind of half indie, half trad, and I don't know. It's, it just works, and it just sounds banging. It's <laughs> the best way for it. Uh, we're doing a re-release of Carla Easton's first album, Homemade Lemonade, which came out. Uh, under the guise of it and then after that later in the year we're going to be co-releasing uh, Broken Chanter's second album with uh, our pals at last night from Glasgow so after that I'll have a long I'll lie down that's the point <laughs> yeah as soon as I said that I was like god all that I don't know how I'm going to fill that in but yeah that's the plan <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, you've got loads going on. Um, I, I guess you don't do this like full time, and label. This is like you're done in your your spare time. How do you find <laughs> the the energy to keep on keep it on? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think others inspire me because I feel a, a sense of. Uh, I want to do a good job by them and that pushes me on, I guess. And the thrill of the kind of a release or just all oh, there's little things like first time you get to expressing a record, first time you, you get the actual record, first time that people start to hear the reception for it, when you release it and you actually get a live show. There's all the little things that kind of I think if people appreciate what I do and then it, it inspires me more. Um but it's a lot of juggling, it's a lot of lunch times at work or evenings or any spare time that you can find to just squeeze things in. That's kind of the way I work it. So it's an all encompassing hobby. That's basically the simplest way to put it. Brilliant. <laughs> well, yeah, well, thank you very much for chatting with us today. Um, well, thank you very much for having me. It's been great talking to you. It's been lovely. Um, and um, I just I wish you all the best for the future of the label and looking forward to these releases like poster paints and looking forward to to hearing that um, I heard a couple of little whisperings about it but I've not heard it myself yet so looking forward uh, no, to hearing no. that Nobody has heard it yet, apart from uh, people within the inner circles. So uh, yeah, it will become something. There'll be should be something announced very soon. Very good. Looking forward to that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, thank you very much, Lloyd. And, no, thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. 
That was Kenny Lavelle speaking to Lloyd Meredith, founder of Olive Grove Records. We're going to close the episode with a new track from the project Missed Connections. Missed Connections is a collaboration between Scottish London-based songwriter Olivia Rafferty and Danish Glasgow-based Asthmatic Harp. The project is full of songs based on stories from Craigslist posts. And Craigslist is a bit like Gumtree ads or newspaper classifieds. The song you're going to hear is called Who is Amelie? And it is based on a Craigslist post titled Amelie, Not Worth the Trouble from an Amelie. She sees a heart thumping wildly in the chest of a man who flees minutes later with a cut in his hand copies keys with a jigsaw in her chic kitchenette if you entrust her with money she will rip Lafayette who is she who is she At her lover crossing over the tracks Draws his portrait on paper Cause she knows they will match Has a habit of stealing when she visits his house She'll blab her innocent sweet talk She just wants a browse Who is she? Who is she? In pursuit of the bluebird, no, she is rather banal. I am all too familiar with this girl, Emily. If you happen to meet her, you'll be worse off than me. I have given you warning. My name is Miss Emily, there are many like us Who is she? Who is she? 